morning, Active Church. How's everybody? Well, I have a few announcements I want to make today, and uh, the first one, I think it's important from time to time to be reminded of our values as a church, especially as our culture continues to make decisions that move farther away from the heart of God. And I think it's important at this time of year, especially with some recent legislation in New York, that you all know that we as a church value life. We believe that God created life in the womb. We're reminded of that in the Bible where in the book of Psalms, David said that God knew him in the womb and that he created him, that he formed him, that he knit him together and that he knew who David was well before he was ever ever born. And that reminds us that God values life. And so it's important for us from time to time to just take a moment and remind us about our values and what we believe about that. And uh, some of you choose to express that value by uh, getting involved politically or writing letters or um, even uh, um, marching in honor of life. There are a lot of things we can do. Some of you choose to simply pray and to live out those values personally. However you express it personally, I just want to say and be reminded all of us that we do believe that God created uh, every individual and that every individual is dearly loved by him. Uh, the second thing I want to announce, our interns are not in this hour because they're with our students, but today we have two new interns that are starting with us, and there's a possibility that next weekend we'll have two additional interns as well. They're in the process of making a decision about what church they're going to go to. Uh, this morning I introduced Jace. I called him Heavy Metal Jace. If you've seen him, he's pretty cool. He's got like a big old beard and, and kind of Harley Davidson vest on. You can't miss him. And uh, if you're riding in his car, you'll probably have to hear some things that are kind of rocking. And then I like to call uh, JB, our other intern. He's from Thailand. Uh, he likes to listen to smooth jazz. So you can meet Jazzy JB or Heavy Metal Jace. They'll be here. And it just depends on what your mode or what your, uh, what your focus is that day. And uh, we're just honored. Next week, I'm going to do more to introduce the entire, all of our interns. And I'm excited about the fact that we get to partner with CCU on this. This is actually a commitment. It's a three-and-a-half-year commitment to these individuals. And uh, they commit to us, and we get to know them, help train them for ministry, and then send them on. And, uh, and so we're just waiting to see what God does with all that. The third announcement that I want to make is about our friends in El Salvador. Uh, on Christmas Eve, we took up an offering for three things. For instruments for their worship, because right now they just use a tambourine. Uh, they want to add to their worship experience there. Secondly, they need more chairs. Their church in Chaoswapa is growing, and we've been a part of that church now for over two years as we've been helping to support and travel down and visit with them. And, uh, and so uh, they needed new chairs. When we were down there last time, it was standing room only, and uh, they didn't have enough seats for everybody. And the third thing is, this is Pastor Reuben and Regina and their daughter Allison. And uh, right now, they travel by bus to get to the location. And it's been in our heart for a long time to have them have a little house there on site in, uh, in right by the church. And uh, it would take about $8,000, over $8,000 to do that, plus the money for the instruments, plus the money for the chairs. And I'm happy to be able to announce today that I was able to call Pastor Ruben and uh, tell him that we raise money for all of those things at Christmas Eve. So we'll be able to do that for them. So awesome. Thank you guys for participating in that. And for us, 
A house would be two, three hundred thousand for them, eight thousand, but it's going to mean the world to their family to be on site there. Our next goal, by the way, is that we would be able to build a soccer field right there on that location so they'd be able to have more and more kids come to their property and to be able to learn about Jesus through a sports ministry. Now, the last thing I wanted to announce is the big reveal today, the big announcement of today. Some of you saw it on Instagram or Facebook. You saw some, uh, some words that were coming up or little pictures that showed different things. One of them was a little sprout out of the ground to indicate what? It was growth, okay? One of them was second, which, uh, you know, you're like, what does that mean? And I just want to announce today that Lisa and I, our family is growing. And we decided to have a second puppy today. And that's just going to be it. That's our big announcement. Isn't that awesome? I'm just kidding. That's not really it. <laughs> we are not adding a second puppy. In fact, we might subtract one pretty soon, to be honest with you. I'm just kidding. Sorry. 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 <clears throat> Don't write me an email. Three years ago, uh, my brother Mark, who leads a church in Middletown, started in 2005. So three years ago, while my dad was in the hospital, Mark and I were there at the hospital together. Dad was in his last days. Mark realized that dad's passing was going to be a, a significant impact on their church. While Mark did the preaching, Mark was involved in other businesses and things that were his full-time attention. And, and so he knew that it was going to require something when dad passed away. And he looked at me and said, would you ever consider as Axis Church taking over LifeBridge Church in Middletown? And at that time I said, sure, absolutely. We could talk about it. Let's pray about it. And let's see if that's where God's directing us. Well, at that time, it wasn't the right time. We felt like maybe it was, but it wasn't the right time. We just continued. They've continued their ministry there in Middletown. Well, about two months ago, our staff got together, and I wrote these words up on the whiteboard, what's next, and put a big question mark and wanted to talk about visionary ideas for the future. What is next for Axis Church? And we brought this idea back up of what it would be like to have a second location in Middletown or somewhere and we began to generate ideas, and the enthusiasm level within our staff team that day was off the charts. And two months ago, we began to plan and think about and pray about it. And then I met with Mark and Gail, and we said, let's talk about this idea again. What would it look like to be one church in two locations to realize that we could be better together? And from that point on, our management team has met. We have talked through this, prayed through this idea. Our staff team has begun to pray about and work through this. We have met with the management team at Life uh, Bridge Church as well. And I'm happy to announce today that in 2019, it is with God willing, we're going to be opening one other location in Middletown, Ohio of Axis Church. And we are super excited and stoked about that. Now, there are a lot of details with this that we are working through and what this means to have two churches and or two locations in one church. But we are going to be sharing more of those details on February the 23rd. We're going to do a joint dinner together here with LifeBridge Church and with Axis Church. What does it mean to do this together? What will our roles be? How will we progress over the next few months? I want you to know that over the next few months, we're going to be doing some partnership things with them. And there may be some opportunities for some of you to get involved in that. And then we'll be doing a fundraiser because their building, which we'll see next, they have eight acres on, uh, on 75 over in Middletown, right by Walmart, right by Lowe's. And the building to the right there is the building that they rent out to uh, adult handicapped group. 
and they do that every day. And then their other building there at the end is a small building, about 3,500 square feet. In order to do what we want to do there, what we believe God would want us to do there, we feel like we need a room about this size. So we'll keep it as inexpensive as possible, but we want to build something kind of like this room there where we can house a couple of nurseries, a couple bathrooms, and a worship area. Very simple like we always do in our active church traditions. That means there'll be opportunities to serve, to help us uh, transform the building that's there currently, help us to build the, the new building, uh, help us to maybe have some of you come and serve in a capacity or two as we're teaching their people what we do, what Access Church is all about. There are many more details to share with you guys, but we are excited about the possibility of bringing light to a dark world and to be able to share Christ in, in even a, br- a greater way. And so to that end, I want to pray. God, we just thank you today so much for your love for us. Thank you, God, for how you direct us, how you lead us. God, I just thank you for the history of LifeBridge Church. Thank you for the vision that Mark has had there. Thank you, God, for their ministry in that area. God, as the world continues to get darker, we are so thankful to be able to be the hope and the light of the world. And God, I pray that in Mason and in Middletown and uh, and Franklin, south of Dayton, Liberty Township, Lebanon, Mainville, Monroe, and God, all these neighboring towns that we will have an ability to have community churches that make a difference and that God bring light to a dark world. We pray for that. We ask your guidance on it and we celebrate it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, put that on your calendar, February 23rd. We're going to have breakfast. I mean, who's not going to love some Danishes and some breakfast casseroles? Amen. So bring that, and uh, we'll have a sign-up for you guys to do that uh, next month. Now, we are in a series called Focus, and it comes right out of Hebrews chapter 12, where the Hebrew writer tells us to focus or fix our eyes on Jesus. And when we do that, we won't go weary. We won't lose heart. We'll be able to live this life with courage and peace and hope. And we started chapter 12 of Hebrews with these words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and week one we said we need to look behind. We need to see that there are other people who have run this race before us, that there were other people who set an example for us. They are able to mentor us, people like Noah and Abraham and Moses, and through their example we realize we are not alone. We can face the circumstances of life because they face those circumstances, so we can face them with courage. And week two, we said, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. And we talked about looking within at the kind of obstacles that trip us up and get in our way. And we were trying to follow the Lord, but we keep getting distracted. And we learned that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than our circumstances, our struggles, our temptations. He's better than the things that stress us out. Jesus is better. And then last week, Josh said, let's look up. And that principle, which is really the central theme out of Hebrews chapter 12, let us look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And that is the theme of these verses. Look to Jesus, focus on him, because where you focus, your life will follow. And then here's the next verse. And this is what we're going to talk about today. And let us run. And that's what we're going to focus on. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us run. You know, guys, I've learned there are two types of people out there. There are those who love to run and those who hate to run. You know what I'm talking about? 
And I'm in the category of I hate to run. Now, I have to run from time to time. They force me to do that over here at this gym. I hate to do it, but I have to do it sometimes. Some of you are like, I hate to do it, but I have to do it. The only time I'll run is for an emergency or when someone is chasing me. That's it. How many of you are in the hate to run category? Raise your hand real proud, real high. Can we just unite together today for a moment? Let's just admit some things about runners, all right? Sorry, runners, but let's just admit some things about you guys. First of all, they're crazy people, right? I mean, they're just crazy people. They go to bed early, they get up early. They eat the right stuff, and they get on treadmills even when it's, like, cold outside. It's like running controls their life. Now, I want you to know I do enjoy watching running. I think cross-country is the best sport that's ever been invented for junior and high school students. I believe this because when I show up at a race, they tell me the time, and almost always these cross-country races are on time. So I show up like two or three minutes right before the race, just enough time to go to the starting line, find my child, hopefully catch their eyes, snap a couple pictures, say, good job, I hope you do well, keep it up. And then I go get some popcorn while they're running because they're going to go in the woods somewhere for the next 10 minutes. So while they're in the woods somewhere, I hit the bathroom, grab some popcorn, find a location somewhere out on the course when I know they're going to run by. And about 10 minutes later, here they come, starting to sweat, starting to breathe hard. I'm like, go, go, go. And I'm standing next to other parents who are like, catch that girl, catch that girl. She's not that fast. You know, parents are, parents are crazy these days. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, yeah, my kid's going to catch your kid, you know, and all this. And, and then I go back eating my popcorn. The next time I show up is at the, at the finish line where they're about to puke their guts out and they're running by. We're like, oh, keep it up, keep it up. Well, you're going to make it, you're going to make it. Take a couple pictures after it's all over. I'm back to the car in 30 minutes. And what, what's not to love about cross country, right? I love standing on the sideline and just celebrating them and, uh, and, and championing them. Now, seriously, I think there are people in this room who would say, you know what, I actually would like to run, but I'm crazy busy right now. I get up early already and late and go to bed late as it is. I have family commitments and business. I, I just can't find time for that. I think there are other people who would say, you know what, I want the benefits of running because I do want to be in shape. I want to be healthy. I want to look good. I want to feel good. But I just I, I can't find the discipline or the motivation for it. I think it's interesting that the writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of people that most of them were not champion runners. And yet at the same time, he focuses on this at kind of the climax of the book of Hebrews, this letter to the Hebrews, and he focuses on running. And he uses an analogy that everybody in this room today understands. Even if you don't run, you understand the concept. It was the same for them. And he says, I want to use this concept of running, I want to compare that to the Christian life. And I think there are some lessons we can learn when we talk about running. I think there are some things when we think about the Christian life that are make easy comparisons. For example, I think there are those of you today who might say, you know what, I really don't want to run hard in the Christian life. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see there are benefits in that. I do love Jesus, but I don't want to get crazy about this thing. I don't want it to control my life. I don't want him to determine who I forgive or what I spend things on or what I drink or who I hang with. Some people would maybe say, you know what, I love Jesus and I want him to win. I want his team to win in the world, but I just want to stand on the sidelines. I want to sit there and get my popcorn and just celebrate other people because I'm definitely not going to get into this race. And some people say, listen, I want the benefits of running the Christian life. I want heaven when I die. I want to be a better friend and spouse and parent here. I want Jesus to bless my work. I want my kids to turn out okay. I need comfort in hard times, but I'm not motivated like I should be or disciplined like I should be. Maybe you're here for the first time or maybe you have been here and you've heard sermon after sermon. Regardless, 
I want to tell everybody in this room that I believe that Hebrews 12 says it is time to run. Whatever your reason is for not running, whatever it is, I'm telling you today, it is time to join the race. And what I'm going to do is just use the outline from the scripture, the words of the Bible, just right as our outline today. And the first one is this, we run. We run. One of the early followers of Jesus named Paul wrote words that refer to the Christian life and a race. 1 Corinthians 9. I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the task. Talk about dedication to a goal. Paul says, when you enter the Christian life, you have a new purpose. You aren't running aimlessly anymore. You aren't just floating through life. You have a new goal. There is a prize. And when you become a Christian, you are saying, I want to follow God. I want to learn what he says about how to live the best life possible. Because I know this for sure. My strategy was not working. And so I need a new strategy. I need a new race to run. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers, I, don't, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. I forget what is behind. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which Christ, God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Think about those words. Straining, pressing on, winning, getting a prize. And many of you are followers of Jesus. And at some point in your life, you dedicated your life to Christ. And when you did, you may not have realized, but you entered a race. You started to run. And now you're running with a new purpose. You're running with a goal in mind. Now let me just pause here for a second and say there may be some of you who are watching others run. You're sitting in the stands. You're interested in the race. You notice that your friend or family member or spouse or child or coworker they're a Christian, and they're more joyful, they're more peaceful. You can't figure that out. Why is it? Can I tell you the difference? It's called the good news. We call that the gospel. And the good news is that all of us have fallen short of God's glory, and, and we sin, and there's a penalty for that sin, and the sin penalty is death eternal separation from God, but God created a rescue plan for us. He created a plan that said, I'm going to pay the price that you owe on the cross, and I'm going to die for you. It's a free gift that I'm going to offer to everyone, and, and all you need to do is respond to that. Believe that I died for you. Repent of personal sin. Confess me as Lord of your life, and be baptized into Christ as your declaration and commitment to Christ as Lord, and let's start to run. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you. You can call us anytime. You can catch me after the service. You can call during the week or text us or email and say, I want to make a decision for Christ. And it's time for me to get in the race. We run. We run with perseverance. Once you become a Christian, you run with perseverance. You determine that no obstacle will be in your way. You will not be distracted or discouraged. Even when the circumstances of life are hard or you feel, find yourself in unexpected trouble, you still keep running. You understand the benefits of staying faithful. I love this story. I know I've told it before. About a, a lady in Cleveland, Ohio, and an article that was put in the Cleveland um, paper there about Georgine Johnson. She signed up to run a 10K race, 6.2 miles in Cleveland. She arrived 15 minutes early, but the runners were already at the starting line. And she started to think, oh, no, I need to stretch out really quickly and get in the race with 4,000 other runners. The gun went off. She started to race. 
And at the four-mile mark, when they should have been heading back into the downtown area, they actually turned and went outside the downtown area, and Georgine Johnson started to panic. She started to feel like, maybe I got into the wrong race. She had this sick feeling. She started to panic. She started to cry. She asked another runner, where are we going? And they looked at her like she was crazy. She even asked a police officer to take her back, but he said, I can't leave my post. So what is she to do? She got back in the pack and started running again, numbly staring at the runner in front of her when she noticed his T-shirt that said, just do it. And in her mind, she said, all right, I will. And so she got back in the race. This 42-year-old secretary who had started out expecting to run just over six miles, who had never run more than eight miles prior to this, kept going until she completed the entire 26-mile marathon. She even placed 83rd in the women's division. Incredible. Isn't that amazing? A story about endurance and perseverance in the midst of challenging times. And friends, that's the kind of race that we're running. And if you allow me, I want to unpack three words or three ideas in these verses really quickly that I think will give you new meaning. And when you look at the word run, there were a lot of words they could have chosen, but the actual word for run that they chose was a word that says you should keep on running. Keep on running, no matter what, just keep on running. And then that second word, which is the word perseverance, is the word which actually in, in the Greek means to go under. It doesn't mean to go under and secure in, 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 in be secluded. It means to go under or carry something. And the next part of the word in the Greek means to come up under the weight of something, kind of like Atlas holding the world on his shoulders. It's as if you're holding that weight, you're bearing that weight. That's the word of perseverance. So you are keeping on going even as things are getting heavy. And then finally, that last word, race, is a word that is very important. And while they could have chosen a lot of words for the word race, they chose the word in Greek, agona, which sounds a lot like the word agony. And how many of you know that's what I'm talking about? When you talk about running, it is agony. And that is actually the root word, believe it or not. And that means that even when it gets hard, even when you are running this race, the Christian life, even when you are running, you need to keep on running, keep carrying that load, keep persevering, and stay in the race of agony because there are times when it gets hard. This is a painful race. It's not going to be easy. There are going to be times when it hurts. And so you keep on keeping on. You keep running even when it hurts. You keep running even when the weight comes. You keep running, rain or shine, good or bad. You keep running even though some people are going to give up, and they have. You keep running when our hearts are heavy with loss, and we have had loss. You keep running when a family member doesn't understand. We keep running when a younger family member walks away. You keep running when your trust is betrayed. You keep running when the job disappears. You keep running when life's decisions or relationships from the past come back to haunt you because we know, we know that when we run and it becomes hard, we persevere to the end. Run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Some of you today, you came just to hear that phrase. God has a plan for your life. He has a race for you to run. It is a good plan. It is a good race. You know what the race is? In a broad sense, it's the same for every Christian. The race is living your life like Jesus. The race is to live and to love like Jesus did. The race is to live and to care like Jesus cared. With every stride, you are becoming more like him because when you run, you are being transformed. 
The more you run, the more loving you become. The more you run, the more joyful you become. The more you run, the more peaceful you become. The more you run, the more forgiving you become. And the more you run, the more you are transformed. And I have found that to be true in the Christian life. I realize when I run, uh, a few years ago we, we prepared for the Tough Mudder course in uh, Kentucky. It was 49 degrees the day we ran. It was miserable. But in preparation for that, we were doing some longer runs. They say that if you go six miles, then you can do a Tough Mudder course. And, of course, the Tough Mudder isn't just a 13-mile run. It also involves some uh, obstacles um, and some electrocution. But anyway, so we're off to run on this race. But prior to that, as we're preparing for it, I realized the first few moments of a run, my body is in absolute agony. That is true. Every part of my body is screaming. My mind is against me. What are you doing? You are an idiot. Stop running now. But I have realized over the years, especially in preparation for that, the longer that I would run, the more my body became accustomed to the pain. <laughs> the more that I got used to what was feeling like, and there becomes a point as you're running where you're kind of like, hey, I think I could do this a while longer. And that's the truth. And I think that's the way it should be when you become a Christian. Because when you become a Christian, you have those old habits, those old obstacles in your life. It can become difficult as you're running the race at the beginning. But the longer that you're a believer in Jesus, the more that you should enjoy the race, the more loving you should become, the more joyful and peaceful. When you run, the Word of God should become alive to you. It, comes like a, it becomes like a tailwind behind you, pointing you to where you need to go. When you are running, you're praying, and what used to be laborious kind of prayers where you didn't know what to say, suddenly prayers just start popping out of you, and you start praying for God to do the impossible. When you run, the longer you run, sin, you realize you see it for what it is. It's a distraction. It's a diversion. It's not the candy shop that everybody thinks it is. When you run over every hill and around every bend, we run, we start to see God do the impossible. When you run, you walk into a room like this, and you don't have to have a certain song or the lights a certain way. You're just ready for worship, whatever happens. You're like, God, we're ready to have that nice worship. We're just like breathing. It's so easy. And when we run, we start seeing the way people, the way God sees them. And all of a sudden, we start taking our eyes off our stuff and our shortcomings and all the things that we are not. We start thinking about what God is when we run. Because the more we run, the more we're transformed. We run with perseverance. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. One of the biggest questions that people have is this, what is God's will for my life? Everybody wants to know, what is God's will for my life? And we want to make it something mysterious. We want to make it something miraculous. Like, it's some weird destination out there. That's where God wants me to go. And maybe he'll reveal it in some dream or something. But I think that God would say, my will is not an unknown destination. It is a known person. And I think Jesus would say it like this. You're looking for direction in your life. You're looking for the way. You want to know what the course is? I am the way. You're looking for some truth in your life? You want to know what truth is, what's real out there? I am the truth. You're looking for a better life? A life that's full? Jesus says, I am the life. Follow me, and I will show you the best life possible. That's why the Apostle Paul writes, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, there are a lot of pursuits out there, gang. There are a lot of races you could join. There are a lot of things that you could run after. I'm just telling you today that despite all the other things that you could pursue, what you will find up in those races is disappointment. 
But when you join this race of following Christ with your life, I believe what Paul says that in the book of Philippians, that everything else will be worth it. That when you look at all those other pursuits, all those things that you chase after, you will realize that they are worthless in light of Christ. And I love how Paul finishes that section in Philippians where he says this, beyond all else, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. You want to know God's will for your life? Know Christ. Follow him with everything in you. Pursue Christ. Pursue a relationship with him. Run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. And fix your eyes on Jesus. And when you do, you will find out that you are running with all the gusto that you can muster. And what I want you to realize today is you're not running alone. As a church, we are running together. We dive into God's word and we trust what it says and we run. We love people unconditionally and recklessly, and we run. We grow in relationship with God, and we run. And we see that like a north star in our life, Christ is going to lead us, and we run. And we say at the end of all of this, I know, God, that you are transforming me so that every day, whatever obstacle comes, whatever it is that gets in my way, I'm going to keep my focus on you because I want to grow and I want to be transformed. As a church, we invest our lives in people. We serve selflessly. We give generously. We worship truly like it's breathing. We let go of our past. It's really gone. We give up control. We lay down our way. We get off the sidelines. We look to Jesus and we say, I want to run. I want to run with perseverance. The race marked out for me. And I want to fix my eyes on Jesus. And I need the Holy Spirit to give me help. Because there are so many people who are running after so many different things. One of the reasons that I'm so motivated by what we're, we're doing as a church and now what we're going to be doing in Middletown is because I really do believe the world is getting darker and darker all the time. And I really believe the core of who I am, that the answer to life's ills and problems is that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. That on the dark backdrop of sin and all the things that are going on in this world, that Jesus is our hope. He is the answer to the questions that we have. And because of that, during our generation and our time, we must do everything that we can to serve and to sacrifice and to give and to live in such a way that we'll be able to expand the kingdom of God on this earth so that more and more people will know who Jesus is. Now, in a room like this, I know there are different people in this room. Some of you, you have never run yet. You have experienced, never experienced the lavish grace of God. You've never said yes to Christ. And I want to tell you, that you have that opportunity both now and in the future. When you come to that point where you say, I want to join that race, I want to repent of my sin, I want to confess Christ my Lord, I believe in him, I want to be baptized into Christ, I want to run. I want to run with a pursuit that really matters in my life. For some of you in this room, as time has gone by, there was a time where you were running, and maybe it feels like you need to hear today what the Galatian church needed to hear. Where Paul writes to the Galatian church, you were running a good race, what happened? Who cut in on you? Do you remember that good race you used to run? Remember that life of sacrifice? Remember when you just wanted to tell people about Jesus? Remember when worship was just on your lips? Remember? Remember that? Who cut in on you? Was it business? Was it a failure? Was it disappointment? Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Some of you, I believe that today you need to hear that you can get back in the race. That God has not given up on you. Keep running with perseverance. Run the race that Christ has marked out for you. It has not been ab abandoned. And some of you need to know today, you're trying to run alone. And you feel like, man, I don't need it. I don't need group. I don't need church. 
But I want you to know the early church, they were a family, they were a team, they did it together. And I love this passage in Hebrews that says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And I, I just know that you, we are better off together. We need each other to run. We need to live in Christian community. We need accountability. We need people to speak courage into our lives. We need people to learn with. We need people to share our victories with. We need people to, to, to help us when we fail. We need somebody to remind us, hey, let's get back on course here. Let's keep running together. Because when we run, it's better when we run together. And so we run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, and we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, because when we run, we are transformed. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. God, I thank you that really 10 years ago almost now that you began to create a vision, an idea of what it would look like for a church to be in a community like this. And God, while eight churches a day in America are closing their doors, you put on our heart a long time ago to, in our generation to be creating churches. While churches are dying, there needs to be somebody helping to create. And so God, our heart is that we would make the sacrifices. And so God, today, I pray for, our, I pray for the meeting tonight at LifeBridge Church. And God, I pray that the church there would, would uh, they've already know about this, but God, I pray that they would embrace this and continue to move forward toward it. Give us grace as we have those conversations tonight, as they think about what's changing, as they think about what will be required. And God, I pray for our staff team. God, they're going to be required to make a greater sacrifice. Their time is going to be a bit stretched. Thank you for the interns, God, that you're bringing to us. They're going to help us in this process. Thank you, God, for the servants in both churches that are going to they're going to help serve and to give and to love and to be able to create ministry opportunities in both places. God, thank you for the management team. God, thank you for their vision, their heart, their desire to say, we believe, God, that you're doing something great here, and we want to be a part of that, God. We want to be on the upside of starting, starting churches, and whether that be in El Salvador or Middletown or Mason, Ohio, God, we want to create something new so that we can continue to see the kingdom expand. So God, through all of this process, we just pray that you would give us that vision, that you would help us run with all the gusto that we can find and muster, and that we would do it with a great, tremendous amount of vision and passion. And God, help us to stay unified in this process, to realize that we are better together. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name.